Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is another episode of the Bunker Boys, and it's our favorite week of the entire year. Major weeks are always fun, but this is probably the most fun that we have in the whole season. It is Masters Week. Everybody's going to be talking about it all week. I've seen like 60 videos on my TikTok for you page already of everybody just talking about the Masters. So it's definitely exciting. It's it's buzzworthy, and we're ready to talk about it as well. But before we do that, we obviously have to go back and talk about the Valero Texas Open. Corey Connors gets a huge win, his second career win, both of them ironically coming at the Valero uh, Texas Open. Slade, you got to see a little bit more of it than I did this week. Uh, I was visiting family, driving a lot. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on the, on the whole tournament. Yeah, I mean, I uh, just looking at my roster in general, I looked at it on Thursday. You had said uh, Ricky's master's outlook wasn't looking too good. I looked at it, and I saw that he was over par already. Um, I then scrolled down a little bit and realized he wasn't my worst performing player already. It was actually Davis. Um who at that point I think was plus seven. Um, <laughs> what a rough way through like 12. Um, what a rough way to start. Um, he, he definitely, uh, uh, my team definitely had a rough go. The only saving grace was uh, Connors getting the win. Um, it was really cool to see his wife um, and his, his child there on the side. And you get to see it every week, but it's just really cool to see him uh, win there again. And, do it in, I mean, I thought that they were going to give him some trouble based on Saturday. Uh, I think Saturday he was two over, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that put him, uh, really close going into Sunday then. I mean, he could have easily without the, the double bogey, you know, had a nice lead going into Sunday, a little bit easier of a round, but he definitely kind of put the pressure on himself, but he just played his own game on Sunday, really made it easy for himself. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, huge win for him. Obviously, now he's going to be going back to the Masters. Uh, and I mean, anytime you just get to go to Augusta, uh, I mean, it makes your whole year. Um, I mean, he's hoping he can pull out a win and go back to back. Uh, and so are some of you guys who took him in fantasy. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. <clears throat> uh, speaking of Ricky, um, I just want to talk about him real quick because obviously we were, we were pulling for him heavy uh, to make it into the win, get into the Masters. That unfortunately just did not happen. There are some highlights, though, of his season so far going on. I mean, he had a great Sunday. He made a charge all the way up to the leaderboard. He got inside the top 10. Um, and right now he sits inside the top 55 in uh, the World Golf Rankings and 25th in the FedEx Cup. So it's looking very good. And, and if he can continue to progress and put together these really good finishes, uh, he's definitely should be in line to, to make all three majors you know, remaining, um, which is what we want to see. And then, obviously, hopefully next year he can get himself back to Augusta. Um, but yeah, just unfortunate. Uh, at least he listened to us and listened to my plea, uh, where I said, you know, if, if you're not going to do it, don't break my heart at least. Uh, and, and he finished top 10. I didn't even think he's going to inside the top 10. Um, not based on Thursday. No, Thursday and Friday. I, I, I yeah. couldn't believe he, he ended up making the cut quite on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I very happy still with how he's progressing and trending. Uh, I mean, it, the fact that he's able to compete and get inside these top tens and, and make some noises is, is a lot of fun to see. And it, it's definitely shades of the old Ricky. And now Slade doesn't have to go out and, you know, burn his orange polo like you talked about. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's look at our fantasy standings from this past week uh, and where we sit now. Uh, I had a terrible week. I think I only scored 20 points compared to the rest of you guys. Um, you and Nick both had 47 points uh, to, mm -hmm. to leap, leapfrog yourselves up there. Uh, so you're still ten points back at him, and I am I'm I'm dragging hind ass. 
I'm about 30 points back. And then you have Sam, who's leading all of us. Uh, he's sitting two points ahead of Nick. Um, so big, big couple of weeks here. Uh, we, we, of course, have the Masters this week. Uh, and so, so much we, we could talk about the Valero, but really you're here to listen to our Masters preview. So let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to reminisce a little bit first. Uh, and we're going to talk about some traditions that we like, uh, some of our favorite memories, uh, how we would want to watch the Masters, so on and so forth. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Slade, uh, what are your favorite Masters traditions? So I think by far my favorite tradition that I've really grown to like this year. Uh, so first is going to be the par three contest. Um, just getting to see the families go out there and kind of get to do things. I mean, we saw Arnold Palmer's grandson hit the home one a couple years ago. Um, we get to see Justin and uh, Jordan both go out with their wives and their kids and their the kids in their little uh, caddy outfits, getting to hit a couple of balls and stuff. It's just really cool to see the families out there. Tony Finau is a big family person that gets to go out with his family. Um, it, it's really cool to see the par three contest, in my opinion. Last year kind of got rained out, I think, after just a couple of holes because of weather, which we could see this year again. It seems like rain is definitely going to play a part in the tournament this year. Um, but the second one is the Masters Dinner. I think that just all of the buzz around Scotty Scheffler – and his thing and then the little joke at the bottom that obviously wasn't a part of his thing but um it's just funny that someone photo photoshopped that in there about uh live golfers <laughs> but um yeah i think that it's just really cool you hear that uh there's no assign no assigned seating i think adam scott said this there's no assigned seating but you pretty much know where you're gonna sit every year because uh palmer and nicholas and and um woods basically sit at the one end of the table and then everyone else kind of files in around them. Yeah. And so it was really cool to hear him say that and just the different things that you get to hear. They say that there's a lot learned your first time that you get to go to that dinner and you get to hear all of these legends talk and their experiences and whatnot. So I would say that those two things are my favorite traditions um, about this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned weather. I'll bring that up again here in a second. Um, my two favorite traditions, one is a par three contest as well. It, it's just a lot of fun seeing these guys, even with the mounting pressure of one of the biggest tournaments of the year, you know, just around the corner on them starting the next day. Uh, they're able to go out there, have a lot of fun, relax, you, you get that quality time with their family. We get to see a much different side to a lot of the, these golfers uh, in those moments, and it definitely makes it a lot of fun. Uh, my, other, my other favorite tradition is the honorary starters. Uh, I know it's very short, very quick. Uh, and, and doesn't really have a lot of impact on anything of, of the tournament as per se. Um, but it's just such a cool way to start the tournament is you get these, uh, you know, older generation golfers out there. Um, they, they get their name announced and it's just peace and quiet and they hit the golf ball. And it, it's just so cool. And, and it's just for me, the perfect way to start this tournament. And I don't think there's any other way you could start, you know, the masters without the honorary starters. Um, so that would be my favorite, my other favorite, uh, master's tradition uh before we move on of course we got to remind you guys uh go to w.gg use code jackwagon for 10 percent off your order uh we would really appreciate you guys help us out there um before we get into our favorite master's memory here um let's talk about the weather slade you just brought that up so thursday they are calling for scattered thunderstorms uh especially towards the, the end of the day uh, Friday, scattered thunderstorms in the morning, steady rain arriving in the afternoon. Saturday, rain likely. Sunday, rain likely uh, in the morning. And then it's supposed to kind of pick back up in the afternoon again. 
Uh, worst case, if we have to go to a Monday finish, they're still calling for rain Monday through mm-hmm. Wednesday. Uh, so it, it could definitely present a lot of tricky situations. Uh, I'm not predicting, you know, a, a super low score, kind of like we saw last year at, you know, at tournament's end. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of back to 2016 um, when guys were shooting, you know, right around two and three under for the entire tournament, in, in my guess. Um, but like I just mentioned, uh, so our favorite Masters memory, I'll go first. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, it's got to be Tiger in 2019. Uh, you know, everybody thought he was done. He was finished. Nobody thought he belonged in the final group on Sunday that, you know, he, he kind of lucked his way in there. Um, mm-hmm. Francisco Molinari just kind of was having a solid day. <laughs> yeah, gets to the back nine and, and like you said, shits the bed. Uh, Tony Finau was never really a factor on Sunday. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Tiger Woods walks away with his fifth green jacket. Um, my other memory, and this one isn't as like a, as of a happy memory, um, but it was one of the first Masters I remember like sitting down and watching pretty much the whole weekend. Uh, and it was Jordan Spieth collapsing uh, in 2016 on the back nine, took a five-shot lead back there, and just absolutely flatlined, uh, and Danny Willett gets the win. My other favorite memory from that Masters is when uh, Jordan Spieth's putting the jacket on him after the tournament, and he's just staring holes through the back of his head. Uh, and you could tell, I mean, he wasn't upset with Danny Willett. He's pissed off himself, but he's just like, I really got to put a jacket on this guy right now. Um, but, uh, say, what are your favorite memories? Yeah. So kind of, uh, my first one is same exact, uh, year 2019, uh, like you had said with tiger, uh, first off, I think that that was probably the first year that I watched Thursday to Sunday, full coverage of the masters. And, uh, I think if there was ever a chance that they're trying to pay someone off to get tiger farther into the history books i mean that would be the one time that i would be like what the heck because like you said molinari he played his normal self on the front nine and then in the back nine i mean his he's not even making facial expressions it's just like <sighs> like you just don't know what's going on but my favorite part from that tournament is the person that had to put the green jacket on tiger woods um patrick reed uh yeah. <laughs> that happening was just really really funny um you see patrick reed who didn't have a great tournament um he's got his hair all greased up he just you just know he's pissed that he has to be in this picture for forever putting a green jacket on tiger woods and i mean anyone else would take that as the largest thing like the best accomplishment over like any of their own golfing things is getting to put the green jacket on tiger woods after all of his his injuries and different things that had happened with the mistresses and whatnot like you just think that like oh my god tiger won the masters after all this happened i'm the one that gets to put this on there patrick reed is definitely the person the only person that would take that the opposite way um i think that the other uh one thing that i want to mention about kind of like the history and such that uh is what i was telling you beforehand and like we had said with the weather and stuff um i heard about how a couple years ago tiger he had started uh after a rain delay he was i think on the 12th hole and he uh he left his his ball out there overnight because they had stopped play he was gonna go out early in the morning finish his round and then go on with the next and uh so they kept talking about the dew they kept talking about the dew and how it was going to help him in the morning blah 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 and then i heard that basically the first time the masters ever played that hole 10 was where they actually started and that where they start now hole one is what used to be 10 the back nine and the history with that is that the elevation is just higher on the first four holes which makes it such an ideal starting spot for the tournament 
And so that happened on the second year of the Masters, and it's just stayed like that ever since. I mean, there's been such uh, so many advances with golf technology throughout the years that they could easily change it up every couple of years if they wanted to. But it's just something that happened on year two, and they just stuck with it for forever. <laughs> yeah, just crazy. Uh, no, that's that's definitely a lot of cool. I mean, there's so many stories like that around the entire golf course. Mm -hmm. um, and the bank grass. Yeah, it, did you hear about that part? And uh, I have, yes. <laughs> they, they they tried it on the par three course. They didn't like that the holes were slowing or the greens were slowing up with the uh, Bermuda Bermuda, right? Yeah. And they switched over to bent grass because they wanted it to be slick as hell. Yeah. Uh. Well, they they certainly did that. But um. No, but yeah, just everywhere you look, and then Augusta just is such a historical place. It's the one major we go to every year that you know where it's going to be at. Uh, you know, the, the PGA, the Open, the U.S. Open, they, they all travel around year to year. And you have, like, places like the, the Open Championship kind of rotate the same courses. But regardless, it, it's still every couple of years until you get back to a place like St. Andrews or, or Royal Portush. Um, whereas you go to the Masters, you're going to Augusta, Georgia every year. Uh, and it just makes the, the, the tournament itself just so much more historical and, and impactful and you come to the same place every year, like, and again, I know there's tournaments on the PGA Tour where you do that every year, um, mm -hmm. where you know you're going to go to the same place for the Farmers Insurance Open for, you know, the, the Players Championship, but it doesn't make it any easier. It's still you have the, the weight of it being a major uh, tournament and the weight of it being, you know, just so historically ingrained in everything that it, it doesn't make it any easier every year when you go back. There's a reason mm -hmm. Tiger. Even when he was dominating for all those years, uh, you know, wasn't going back and winning Augusta every year, um, and, and that's just what makes the tournament so much fun. <clears throat> um, next up, uh, we have uh, so a, a lot of us uh, obviously cannot afford, or not necessarily can't afford, uh, but are not lucky enough to get selected for, uh, for tickets to the Masters because you can't just buy your way in unless you're super rich. Um, but so. Said, I want to get your ideal way that you are going to sit home and watch the Masters. It doesn't have to be what you're doing this year, but mm -hmm. if you had an unlimited budget, you, you can't go to the Masters, but you can make whatever happen at your house or wherever you want to go. What would be your ideal way to watch the Masters? Yeah, so this year I work Thursday to Tuesday, which is very unfortunate. So I'll be watching on an iPad in between patients and stuff. But um, I think ideally uh, – Thursday, wake up, get breakfast delivered to the house, watch some great masters play Thursday morning. Uh, obviously, you start watching like two, three hours beforehand. You have to see Tiger on the range when it's dark out. You have to see them all out there. Like It's just a part of it. Uh, Thursday, just kind of relax, stay and watch. Friday, ideally, go to like a Top Golf with big screens out at the end. You know, just be playing some golf, you know, watching it, drinking some drinks, and uh, have, have a couple of bets in for for the weekend in hopes that it, it goes well and then uh uh saturday uh just kind of a relaxed day again just kind of watching on the tv you know doing whatever and then sunday would be the day that i would want to be at like massive sports bar um hoping that one of those bets cash my luck they probably already failed <laughs> on saturday but the hopes are that tiger's within five and you get to watch the possibility of that happen <laughs> Well, he tees off at like nine o'clock in the morning with no chance. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, you? So uh, my my ideal way, uh, and I I would do this for all four days. This would be the perfect mm -hmm. weekend for me. Um, 
get together like a group of friends um, and go either rent out a cabin. You know, I'm very fortunate enough that I get to go to a lake house every once in a while. Um, but just go somewhere like that, kind of like away from everybody. Um, get a bunch of really good friends. You load up, you take a bunch of food, everything you need for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you take it up to, you know, wherever you're going to go. Um, Thursday morning, you wake up, you make a huge breakfast, you sit there, you watch all day. Like you said, I put bets in all day. That's what I would do Thursday and Friday is just sit there and, all right, I think Tiger's going to shoot a 72 today. You know, he's going to shoot even par the entire day. Uh, just kind of like that stuff. Obviously, you already have your picks in for who's going to win, who you think is going to win anyway. Um, you're playing the daily bets. Yeah. Uh, cut the Saturday morning. Uh, I want to wake up and I want to go play around the golf. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, super far away. I, I prefer it to be. As it has to be at the Masters Par 3 course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as close as you can to your house, you're not wasting that much time in the car. Um, but go get around to golf in Saturday morning uh, and make sure you're back in time for the CBS coverage to start. Um, and just because when, when that – TV clicks over to CBS and you, you get the panning shot up Magnolia Lane and you hear Jim Nance go, hello, friends. It's like, all right, uh, you know, I'm home. Like, I, I'm happy. You know, um, so you can't miss that. So you have to be home in time for that. But sit there Saturday, you know, have a barbecue, relax, eat some food. Um, Sunday, wake up. And the, that, that's the one day where you just sit there all day. All right, I'm going to watch it. What's going on? You know, how's everybody doing? And then you're putting your final bets in, uh, like you said. Uh, but that would be my perfect, I think, Playing a, a nice little quick round Saturday morning, uh, especially with your friends and your buddies, and just spending the whole weekend there, uh, I think that'd be like the perfect way to spend Masters weekend. Uh, at at up what and... point are you starting to make the Azalea drinks? Oh, the first, like I'm drinking that with breakfast on, on, oh, okay, on Thursday okay. morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know that yeah. you had said that you're going to get them made this year. You got to relook up the thing, or was or was it Sam that said he wants to he wants the recipe from you? Yeah, uh, so I, I, I yeah, forget what it is. I know it's vodka and grenadine, and then there's yeah. other things in it. But uh, I made it last year watching the Masters. Uh, I thought about making pimento cheese sandwiches, but I've had pimento cheese before. I'm like, it's it's good, but I mean, I'm sure the Masters is probably different. But um, I'll, I'll probably just eat regular chicken salad sam- or um, egg salad sandwiches and just stick to that rather than you know trying to go off the deep end. And I'll eat a couple hot dogs and stuff, but yeah. Um, then you have Nick, who was getting upset that apparently he has to pay more for his hot dogs wherever he goes golfing uh, than the people the Masters do. We had to we had to gently remind him that the the, the Masters, Masters is completely different. Yeah, the, the Masters it's, pulls in billions of dollars from merch and tickets. They don't they can give you a free hot right. dog if they wanted to, or, or a very cheap hot dog, I should say. Um, but I could have swore Meadowbrook had like a dollar dog, but maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe they change it. Maybe inflation made it go up. Um, Maybe he walks in with a little mouthy, and they're like, "How much you want for the hot dog?" Um, yeah. three dollars, because they sell balls from like anywhere from twenty-five cents to seventy-five cents. Yeah. Like the most expensive ball you could buy is a dollar. Yeah, um, yeah, they just don't like him there, I think. But um, so it, it's time now for our Masters fantasy lineup. Uh, I'm gonna try and shake things up since I'm doing so poor here. So I'm gonna go first. Um, okay. So I'm gonna gonna give you my five guys I'm looking for this week. Uh, I, I honestly might. So you see Tiger Woods in here. Obviously, I'm not going to pick against Tiger, um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I've been I just noticed all you day. put Johnson in. I love it. I did, yeah. Um, so first up, Jordan Spieth. Uh, the, the big talk around Jordan Spieth is, you know, obviously, he's won here in 2015. He had the, the, the crumbling in 2016. Um, but 
he has won on Easter the last two years. And obviously, the Masters will conclude on Easter Sunday this year. I think if anything, it's just adding more pressure to him. But um, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, go against a hot hand on Easter Sunday. Um, and, you know, Jesus can raise up from the dead. Jordan Spieth can win the Masters. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, next up, uh, we have Rory McIlroy. Uh, finished second here last year. I had that crazy hole out with Colin Morikawa on 18. Um, he's 12 out of he's made 12 out of 14 cuts here. This is the final ma- or major he needs to complete the career Grand Slam. I think he's playing the best golf he's played since he won all those majors you know, years ago. Uh, I think if there's going to be any year that he does it, it's going to be this year. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to take him in my fantasy lineup as well. Scotty Scheffler, defending champion, playing amazing golf right now. Um, looked really good at the Dell Technologies match play until he ran into Rory in the in the finals. Um, or this, uh, sorry, the third place match. Um, <laughs> Getting ahead of myself there, rewriting history. But um, I think you you can't go against Sheffield. I think he's playing just as well as he did last year when he came here. Uh, He excelled in the poor weather conditions last year when they were playing Mm in it. Uh, We just talked about it earlier. You know, it's not going to be great weather there. Um, So I think Scotty Sheffield is going to do just fine. Um, uh, He's played here. I've also written some notes down. He's played here the last three years. um, Finished top 20 all three years. Um, Next up. Uh, we have Tiger Woods, of course. He's only missed one cut in his career at the uh, the Masters. Uh, he's also a five-time winner. Fred Couples got me on the hype train again. He talked about he went out and played Sunday uh, with Tiger at Augusta. Said it's the be- best Tiger's ever looked. He shot a 68 with ease. I said, you know what, Fred? Fuck it. I'm in. Um, so Tiger's in my fantasy lineup this week. Um, Cam Young. Uh, just, I, I really feel like he is has a hot hand. He missed the cut last year in his Masters debut, uh, but I think he's a much improved golfer. And we talked last week about how well he gelled with his new caddy immediately, and that that, that caddy is a major winning, you know, a caddy. Uh, I think it's going to bring a lot to, to Cam Young's game at a place like Augusta. So I'm excited to see what he can do here this week. Um, last but not least, Dustin Johnson. Uh, I saw Slate picked him, and I was like, you know what, I kind of got to go with it. Um, the 2020 winner, he has only missed two cuts in his master's career. Uh, he has a scoring average of 71.3. Um, so I'm going to take Dustin Johnson as, as my, my live guy. Uh, Slate, let's go ahead and get your lineup. Yeah. So just quick to talk on two of the guys that you had talked about. Um, a cool thing that I'd heard today, or I watched today, uh, was that Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas had played a practice round in, I think, 96 with Tiger Woods. And after playing one round with him, um, they had said that he, they both agreed in saying that Tiger was going to win as many masters as the both of them have combined, which together they combined for 11. Tiger's only at five. He's got a long way to get there, but I think that at some point it just has to happen with, with the destiny and stuff that he has to be able to at least tie Palmer at six. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it just has to happen. Um, the other thing with Dustin Johnson, you had mentioned another stat is uh, his last seven times there, uh, six of those times, he's finished in the top 12. That's a pretty good stat when we're looking yeah. at fantasy <laughs> points here, uh, especially when you had said that with weather, you're looking for it to probably play somewhere between like one to four under total for the tournament. Uh, if he's playing 71 point something, that's looking pretty good for him. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, I had to go with him. Like you had said, him and Rory are both the people to beat right now. It seems like, 
um, they're going to be playing in the top five of play if they're in a tournament, it seems like, over the last couple of weeks. It was really cool to get to see those two play for third place, like you had mentioned, at the Dell Technology match play. Um, the other one, the first of my live guys was Brooks Kepka. Uh, this might be a hype train that I'm jumping on. Probably is. But uh, we watched the uh, – what was the golf Netflix thing? Uh, full Swing. Yeah, Full Swing. We watched that. Everyone was like, geez, like Brooks is like acting like completely different than we remember him as being that like cocky guy that doesn't practice. He just shows up and wins. Uh, he was kind of like, kind of felt sorry for him in that. It is like nothing was going his way. He signed his contract, got a bunch of money, but he did not look happy in it at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, I mean, he's now to, to what he's saying, very healthy, feels healthy. He has two wins in the live. First person to do two wins there. Um, the next person, Jason Day. Uh, I just think that Jason Day has sneakily been playing very good all season. He's been a top 10 player in every tournament that he's gone to. Now, there's been a couple of hiccups within there, but he's been within the top 10 for the four-day average there of the previous tournaments he's been at here. Uh, like you, I picked Dustin Johnson just based on his, his previous experience here at the Masters. Like you had said, um, it's very hard for someone to repeat and to play like perfect at a place every year. But I think that he's got a really good scoring history here with the stats that you had mentioned. And so I think that that's why I picked him. And the next person, I mean, last year it was Scotty Scheffler. Right now, Corey Connors. I mean, he's had a good couple of uh, tournaments here, and especially with this win last week. Um, I think that he's got a really good hot hand. I think that it was between him and Young. And so I went with him just because I think it's a little harder to coach a player um, being the uh, all-star caddy that you had talked about that Cam has gotten, I think it's going to be a little harder for him to coach him when it comes to a major because I think that the anxiety, the emotions, all of that's going to be really building up as he gets close to this tournament. I mean, I don't know who he's going to play his practice round with, different things like that, but I'd imagine he's going to be paired up with someone that's probably won the tournament before based on the list of legends that will be playing in the practice rounds along with the part three contests and stuff like that. I just think it's going to be a lot building up to the tournament. That'll be hard for him for young to, uh, to kind of settle himself down prior to the tournament. Whereas Connors, I don't think he's expected to win. So I think it's a little easier for him going into this tournament. Yeah. Um, and I just keep referring to Cam Young's caddy as, as his caddy. He has a name is Paul Tesori. Uh, and I just kept forgetting it. And every time I was going to talk about it, I was like, it's just easier to say caddy than it is. To just all star caddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are our fantasy picks. Uh, I need a big week. I need to close that gap and and, and, and gain some ground here. Uh, last year, we started at the Masters, and I won, and then I never let again. So um, hopefully I can pick up a Masters win here again and then, you know, win another time, but we'll see. Um, as always, uh, we did our cash-out picks last week. We're going to go ahead and do those again. Uh, we're hoping for a better week. Um, I I did not have a good week at all. I don't think any of my none of my bets did actually because Ben Griffin decided he didn't want to make the cut. Um, and uh, Ricky tried to make my my big my he long did. shot bet come true. Uh, he made a charge into the top ten, but just came up a few strokes short of in that top five for me. But okay, we're back with another week. Slate, I think you went one and one. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we're gonna try and go. Um, well, you're gonna try and go three and zero. I'm gonna try and go two and zero. So. Uh, let's go ahead and get yours first. Yeah, so first, uh, Cam Smith and Jason Day. I think that Cam Smith 
quite possibly at the time received the most hate for going to live golf because he was the first to just win and up and desert the PGA. Um, I, I think that right after that, he just kind of, you know, played it quiet. Nobody really talked about it anymore. He hasn't really been like this standout person where he's like winning everything over at live. So I think it's made it very easy for him to kind of fly under the radar coming into this week. Um, I think that a T10 is very obtainable for him. Jason Day, like I talked about, has just been really uh, consistent. I think that for me and my fantasy play, he's been the most consistent when I pick him. I think this week will be my third time picking him, and uh, I'm hoping for another consistent week. Uh, Dustin Johnson, I went with T20 at plus 110. I was going to do T10, but I didn't want to chance it having with him having played against uh, lesser – quality feel over the last couple of weeks um so i went with t20 i feel like being able to, to at least get your uh double your money is or i mean get your money back is is a good thing um and then kepka this is my long shot uh i'm just kind of riding the hype of him being healthy uh i would love for him to be able to win and like i said to you beforehand for him to like have a master's dinner next year of like some chicken fingers, smiley fries and like michelob ultra yeah. um i just think it would be awesome i mean Obviously, for the PGA, it's a must that a lift golfer can't win this weekend. I mean, you got to think that that's the case, but I would like to see Brooks win uh, just to see how how it would happen. I mean, I think that Tiger would be out there to congratulate him. I think there would be a lot of people out there to congratulate him, but I think that there could be some awkwardness if if any of the other lift golfers were to win. Oh, absolutely. Um. Yeah, so for my picks, uh, so again, this was one that FanDuel had already put together for me. Or not FanDuel, sorry, DraftKings. DraftKings, yeah. Um, Rory and Scotty Scheffler to both finish in the top five uh, at plus 600 odds. Again, I, I just got done hopping up both of these guys. Scheffler coming off that win, playing very good golf, as, as good as golf as we saw him playing last year. Rory, at the same exact way. I, this is the best I think we've seen him in years. Uh, last year at the Masters, I really feel like he wasn't at the top of his game, and he ended up finishing, you know, tied for second. Um, so I'm going to take those two to both finish inside the top five, uh, plus 600 odds. The other one, uh, I talked about him last week. I had him in my lineup, and honestly, if there's anybody, there's two guys I might put back into my lineup um, as it sits right now, and that one would be Jason Day. Uh, the other one would be Will Zalatoris. Um, Zalatoris just somehow understands how to get around this course. Uh, he's only played here twice. Uh, has, He's finished second and sixth. Uh, the worst round he's ever sh- uh, shot in those two, those two years is 75. Um, so I, I know he hasn't been playing that good, and that's kind of what scares me off of putting him on my, my fantasy team. Um, but I, I think regardless of how he does in that, I think he just understands how to get around this course so well for a guy that's only played here twice. Um, so I think he finishes inside the top 20, uh, and that's at plus 130 odds. Um, before we move on to the, the growing our game segment, you just kind of alluded to it, and I want to I want to go back and, and talk about it really quick. Um, and it's one thing we haven't talked about yet is the live guys playing this week. Um, there's so much talk around it from everybody on the outside. Um, I personally don't think there's going to be a lot of animosity between the guys. Uh, I think if anybody, it's going to be Phil versus you know whoever just because phil's the Greg only norman one that... was not invited this weekend yeah uh i mean thank god i mean he didn't right. deserve to be there anyway rightfully just, but yeah yeah um you know when i was looking up my just masters from the past and stuff um 
1996 when he blew a six-stroke lead. Uh, I mean, he should have never been invited back to the Masters anyway. But um, <clears throat> but I, I think Phil is just the only one that might have problems with anybody. And it and whatever's going to happen is going to happen at the, the, the Champions Dinner on Tuesday night. Um, but I, I think as far as, like, Brooks, Dustin Johnson, and Ken Smith is the only other one. Uh, but I think everybody now is just kind of like, okay, like it happened, whatever. Um, you know, we saw last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs when Scotty and him were, were subtly throwing jabs at each other. Scotty walked in his putting line and like kind of like turned his foot and Cam just looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but I, I think that's past it. Um, everybody kind of accepted DJ leaving because they're like, all right, he, he was open. He was honest about it. He's like, I'm getting paid a shit ton of money to go play golf eight times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think there's going to be any issues there. Uh, like I said, I think the only one's going to be Phil. But just your thoughts on on the Live guys coming back and and what effect? Yeah, so I, I watched I watched a video of the Live golfers getting questioned about this before their previous tournament this past weekend, and the question was asked to I think it was Bubba Watson, um, Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, and Brooks Kepka were they were doing that weird thing where they just stand, they all stand in front of the microphone, yeah. all of them up there on the stage. It's, it's weird. But um, they asked the question, and whether this is true or not, I, I found it very, very odd just based on the first name that he named. But Brooks Kepka answered it, and he said that he's played a couple rounds the past couple weeks with Rory and uh, a couple of other people, um, Kucher, uh, a lot of people that had. Very, very, very much voiced their displeasure with these guys going over here and, and sticking with this. Um, and I was very confused about I don't know. I don't know if that's just them, you know, just saying that to try and calm the things. But he basically said, like, the media is the only person that has made it seem as if there was going to be any awkwardness going into this. He said, Brooks said, from, from my personal, like, thoughts on how it's going to go, he's like, I've had multiple conversations He's like, last week I played around with Rory, and I think it was Kucher that he had said, um, which I found it odd that he played around with those two guys. Uh, but he just said that he played around with them. Nothing was weird. They just guys out there playing golf exactly how it should be, he said. Uh, then they asked Bubba, and Bubba had said about how he's already gotten asked by a couple of the PGA Tour players to be in their group for the practice round, for the, PG, or for the Par 3 course. He said that... Uh, He's staying, he shared an Airbnb with one of the guys. He said, no, he's not going to like name drop and try and cause problems there. But mm-hmm. he's like, these are people that he was friends with for 15 years. It's not like because he made a decision that was right. Money wise is what he wanted for his family. Time wise is what he wanted for his family that they should just like be like, fuck this guy. You know, like he yeah. said that uh, if, if you go and get a job somewhere else, like, if you're working for this one company and you go get a job somewhere else, I'm not like, I'm never talking to you again. It's like, whatever, like you have a new ball, you report to someone new, I report to someone new, but we're still doing the same job. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't uh, think that there's going to be that much. I think the awkwardness uh, would be, which are the live golfers going to the master's dinner? The, so the, the master's dinner is for past winners. So Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Anything anybody else that's one. The only two people that I could think that there's going to be awkwardness with is Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Um, those are the two I've that I that forgot about Phil Patrick Mickelson Reed and all the lawsuits. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, with Rory. Um, so, like, I think that it's those could be uh, the two things that there's like a storyline this weekend, but I think. Um, 
I mean, I don't know who, I mean, Rory might've set up the practice round with Brooks last week or whatever, you know, like just to yeah. be like, look, this is about us all going out and playing golf. We're all trying to win the masters. Like it's, it's about the masters. It's not about live versus PGA, like whatever, you know, I, it just caught me by surprise that the first name that came out of Brooks's mouth was, was Rory and that he had played a practice round because I feel like once a week, Rory's getting on there and saying like, look, we're, we're doing this. We're not doing what Liv's doing. Like he's still making it a point to, to bring live into the conversation when they should just be like, yeah, no, oh, definitely. Black sheep. Like we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it, to, to your point, I, I agree. But at the same time, I mean, since last year, Rory, I feel like has dialed back the rhetoric of attacking the other golfers for leaving and necessarily just directing as a focus on, listen, th- this is lives issue and so on and so forth. I mean, I don't remember him blatantly going out and attacking any one golfer that left, you know, aside from addressing his, no, it was at a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Aside uh, from addressing his, his BS with, with Patrick Reed. Um, Which was hilarious. But my, my concern this weekend with those guys. And again, I don't think Cam Smith's going to not going to go out there and, and cause a stir, you know, any of the other guys we mentioned, but my concern is with those two that we just brought up, Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed. I think there's going to be such non-factors in the tournament that they're going to have to do something dramatic, say, you know, right. something dramatic to kind of say, put some attention on me and, and you know, and that'll cause some issues. But that that's that's the only thing I would have concern for going forward or, you know, looking at the tournament this weekend. Um, one last thing before we get into our uh, growing our game, we have to remind you guys that it is or that we are currently uh, launching our spring girth oh my god spring golf merch is live now uh head over to the link in our bio we're also working on bunker bunker i can't talk bunker boys merch is is being worked on right now and we'll get that launched as soon as we can uh we just want to remind you guys to head over there and check that out link in the bio uh all different designs um colors everything men's women's we got it all over there so make sure you get over there and check it out um so i've mentioned it about eight times now so let's go ahead and let's talk about it uh, so growing our game segment, we enjoy doing this a lot. We get to talk about our own golf game, you know, outside of the PGA, outside of live, all that fun stuff. Um, but uh, we, we went to the, the well, asked my wife uh, what our topic should be this week. And she said, tell me about your favorite courses and your, your least favorite ones. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk I want all you about to set our... this up, though, so I can hear how you go about it. Yeah. Uh, talk about our favorite courses and why uh, and our least favorite courses and why as well. Um so my my top two courses, um, the first is is called Rocky River. Uh, it's here in Charlotte. Uh, it's the University of Charlotte's uh, their college golf um, golf course. Um, it sits right next to uh, the properties for um, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Their drag strip actually lines the driving range, which is it's just really cool to see that as like your backdrop. Um, but this is one of the best courses, nicest courses I have ever played. Uh, the fairways are, are beautiful. I mean, it, it's well kept up to the standards that it has to be a Division One golf course. Um, there's a lot of cool, unique challenges, um, but the, the fairways are beautiful. Greens were so fast, uh, and, and they had a ton of break in them. Uh, it, it definitely presented a huge challenge to a shitty golfer like myself. Um, but it, it was just the nicest, like, well-maintained, well-kept golf course I have ever played on. The prices actually weren't that bad. I, I did go on a weekday, so it kind of helped a little bit uh, in, in you know, the evening hours as well. But regardless, I, I think I played for like 50 bucks. Uh, and at a course like that, it, it's, it's hard to compete with. Um, 
my other favorite course is called Mariner's Landing. It's in Virginia. Um, whenever I go to my, my wife's family's lake house, uh, this is one of the two that we go to. Uh, again, very well kept. Uh, I love the golf carts here. I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed to say that. They got the fancy touchscreens in them and everything. You can hook up your, your phone to the speaker and, and play music. Um, just top tier service. But uh, again, just a beautiful golf course. Wines all around the valleys there. You got a couple holes that sit along the water. Um, it, it's just a very, very cool place to, to watch. So those are my favorites. Slate, let me get your favorites, and then we'll get into our least favorites. Yeah, so I mean, uh, one of my favorites would have to be the one that we had both gone to um, on the Potomac uh, down D.C. area when we had gone our senior year. Just a really cool area, really cool that you're right there next to the Potomac River, um, basically on it. The golfing is just amazing. Um, yeah, views uh, just, of D.C., uh, it's right, right. East we, Potomac Golf we went at a great time of the year. We went in May, I believe. Um, yep. So it was just a really cool experience. Got to be there with a bunch of friends. Um, the other one I would have to go with Top Trees, which is up here. Um, it was on the LPGA tour for like, I think 20 years or something like that. Um, like you had said, it's like you had mentioned with the, the previous course, you had just said the golf carts are like, the new top of the line things with the screens tells you your yardage, how far away you are. They've got the speakers. You've got, got the uh, beverage services coming like every three holes. It's ridiculous how, how fast they are. You can't even finish a drink before they're there again. Um, and I, with me living in the mountains, it's really hard to find a course that you're not playing half of the holes to where one is where you're going to get to roll down off the hill. And the other one is it just rolls down. It's just doesn't stop. Like it's going to get to your house before you. Um, <laughs> and so that's the one course that's super flat in terms of that. Um, they play the par three courses on elevation. So, or the par three holes. Um, so there's two of the par threes that the hole was probably 30 feet above you, but 150 yards out and so you can't even see like where the actual hole is you can just see about two feet of the pin um then there's a couple where it's like looks like it's about i don't know 80 feet down and (laughs) you're just hitting like your pitching wedge as softly as you can to try and get it there without flying it past the green um but yeah those two would be my favorite uh i think that I don't know. Did you get to play Top Tree when you were up here with me? No, I haven't played I forget. I think that we just played my least favorite course up here, but you like it, yeah. Um, I like yeah. it just because it, it's not yeah, that yeah. expensive, but it, no, it's right, definitely right, not right, a good right, course. Right. Uh, I, I laughed when it popped up on that, that TikTok page the other day, and they were like yeah, yeah, it yeah. up and everything. I was like, it's a good price, but it is not that nice of a course. Uh, like, there's one, there's the, the par three, I think it's like 16, like where you stand up and like you can see the mountain and everything, but that's like, that's it. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, it's got amazing views and everything. Like, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, That's the exact but, course that, like, I despise being a left-handed golfer that hits the yeah. ball about 150 <laughs> yards straight, and then it takes a left turn, like, it's trying to lose the cost. <laughs> 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 so on half the holes, it's just gone. The ball is yeah. just gone in the um, so the, the, the other reason Slade really likes East Potomac Golf Course is because I threw my driver on the first hole, and then when we came back around the finish nine, it was still laying there. So, um but Good people uh, down there, anywhere yeah. up here, they just stole it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the all the politicians were working that day. Uh, <laughs> um, so for my least favorite golf courses, uh, I have one that's down here. Uh, it's actually in South Carolina. It's called Pine Tuck. Um, if the people that run Pine Tuck see this, I'm sorry. Um, 
it was a very good price, and and I appreciate a good cheap golf course. Uh, just the whole the, the the course was not very well kept, uh, not very well maintained. Uh, the greens were you know super patchy. You, you hit a putt straight and it hit bumps to go you know forty feet right and missed the hole. Um, so it was it was definitely very challenging. I think they are putting a lot of work into it though, from what I heard. So I hope they won't be on my my least favorite list for long. Um, my other least favorite is a course called Flatbush, uh, just outside of Gettysburg. Um, they charge like seventy bucks to play there, and it's not worth it. It's not that you know great of a course. Um, it, it's like there's nothing special to it. It's just they they put some decent money into the maintenance and stuff, and you know it's kind of well kept, but not enough that you should be they they should be charging what they charge to play golf there. Um, and so I, I hate a ripoff like that. Like you go to the bridges and usually that's like 60 bucks, but I feel like there's a lot of challenges there. there it's very well kept. Uh, but you, you get a lot of you know cool views of the, 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 the valley that we, we used to live in. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of worth it. And you understand why it's so much, but Flatbush, I, I really don't understand why they charge so much for what they offer. Um, I mean, you could charge 50 bucks for Saturday or Sunday round. I feel like that'd be fine, but. It's not worth it. I'm pretty sure last I checked, it was like $70, $80 to play on a, a Saturday or Sunday morning. So um, I just hate a ripoff like that. So that's why it's in my least favorite courses. Yeah, so I mean, I have two least favorite courses, one being uh, Skytop Mountain, which is the one that you had said there was a TikTok of it that popped up. Um, I had thought about possibly doing a membership there just because it was like $700 for the year for a full membership. You play with anytime you want. Um, and I just thought that that was crazy because top trees that on the weekends is a hundred dollars to play. Um, I probably played that seven times a year. So right there, I could just play as much as I wanted in a year time at the other course, but it's just not worth it. I, I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many other courses. I mean, I've lived in state college now for I think five or six, six years and i've never even played the penn state courses penn state has three courses that the university uses as their home courses mm -hmm. and supposedly they're really good but i just haven't made it there yet um my second least favorite i think has to be the course that we played the original the first jack wagon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so we pulled up to this place and i had bought a driver the day before yeah i bought, bought, bought a brand new still the brand new TaylorMade stealth driver um thinking that i was going to be able to show up about an hour early and just use the driving range time with that because i had gone to the driving range and played a couple of rounds days leading up with my normal clubs and so i just wanted to play or hit the driving range for like 30 minutes with the driver to be able to see how the new club worked out um i got there and the lady said that you can't hit over Oh, I think she said pitching wedge or maybe a nine. -iron I think it was seven. Like I thought she was said it seven, seven? Yeah. but seven or eight. That, yeah. It was a... But, but then she said, it's like, you can't hit farther than 160 yards because that's, then the it goes into the holes. That, yeah. Yeah. Then it goes into the course. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of driving range that is. So we just didn't do that. Um, so we just putted around for a, a little bit, ate our McDonald's breakfast. And then we started the course, but I mean, I just, I was not a fan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I will it's say the the so one saving, draw, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just was not a fan based on the interaction with the lady at the front desk. I mean, I tried to, um, we had we had purchased the rent, like our tea time and the tea time after to try and make sure that 
nobody would like catch up to us while trying to do our first round while filming and stuff like that and she just was like no you can't do that like yeah okay um (laughs) i will say that the the only thing that was i liked about that course was the fact that it was i think like 35 bucks on a saturday morning to go play oh yeah yeah it was it was priced very well yeah uh, but I will say the one thing both of those have in common that I was laughing. I, I was going to bring it up when you brought up uh, the Skytop. Um, is both of their clubhouses were freaking uh, trailer parks. Just a shed. Yeah, trailer, yeah, yeah, yeah. trailer sheds. Um, yeah. The, the Skytop at least has two that got put together, whereas uh, freaking, I think it, uh, Pineapple. I want to say that's what it was. Pineapple, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it was like Bigler, though. Yeah. Was you, it didn't have a pro shop. It, it had a trailer that had a window in front of it. That you, yeah, you couldn't even go in. I don't think yeah. you could go in. I think you so, could just look through the window and be like, can I get that box of balls? Can I get those? T-? Like, whatever you want to and do. Somebody like. also stole my eight iron, but it was my fault for leaving it there. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that will do it for our show this week. Uh, we thank you guys so much for checking us out. We hope you enjoy the Masters this week. We're going to be back next week to break it all down for you guys. Uh, as always, please don't forget, head over to w.gg, use code JACKWAGON for 10% off, uh, and go check out our merch. We'd really appreciate your guys' support there. Uh, but we're so excited for the, the Masters this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Hannah's going to be upset with me. Uh, I already have a hard time listening to her. Sorry, I phrased that wrong, and I know she just heard that, and she's, she's going to be upset. I have a hard time hearing because I just I tune out and I watch golf already, but Masters is going to be so much worse. So. Um, <laughs> But luckily, we're going through her parents' house, so uh, you know she she can talk to her mom. <laughs> There'll be lots of hands to help with the baby. Yeah, uh, but so I'm going to get yelled at now. Um, but I will <laughs> see you guys in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed it, uh, and have a great rest of your week. <laughs>